Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. I am back from a trip out to Las Vegas for Summer League, and we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a new contract for Kawhi Leonard. We've got some free agent updates. There's plenty of stuff to dive into. Keith, how are you doing, man? I feel like it's been too long. Yeah, it has been, man. You, you've been traveling. So That's right. I, I had to sit here all lonely and shout my thoughts <laughs> into the void and no, no one heard them. But yeah, I'm psyched you're back. Glad, glad we're back at it with the show. And a uh, little bit of news, a little quiet, but you know, it never really stops. We still got some stuff to break down. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I got enough Vegas for both of us. That that's for sure. I was I needed a recovery day once once we got back. But uh, I guess one of the most recent things that we haven't been able to talk about yet is uh, is Kawhi Leonard gets a new contract, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked at the contract that he got. I did not think this was what it's going to be. He got a four year, hundred seventy six million dollar deal. Keith, I think you and I were both in agreement. We thought it was going to be a one plus one contract. Yeah, I think what Kawhi is doing here is setting up to be able to extend in two years, which he'll be eligible to do. And then that will be how he'll lock in uh, probably for the rest of his meaningful years of his career uh, with the with the Clippers here. He's got a player option on the end, but my guess is that'll get declined and then he'll lock in. One important thing he did get, he did get a 15% trade bonus in there. So if for any reason down the line they want to trade him or anything they can go but my guess is this was the Clippers saying hey we're not doing a one plus one where you rehab for a year and then maybe leave as a free agent that's not a thing thing we're open to and I think from Kawhi's side this is also a smart play you kind of split the difference then you take the longer term deal and then if things are going great you extend in a couple years and if not then you play out the rest of the contract and see where it's at then do you think Kawhi has that kind of, uh, or the Clippers, I should say, have that kind of leverage over Kawhi right now? Because we we approach this as whatever contract Kawhi wants, the Clippers are just going to say, here you go. Do you think the Clippers can kind of come back and say, well, we would prefer that you take this for your deal? And don't be like, it makes sense for Kawhi too. For a dude who's in the middle of rehabbing an injury right now, that long-term security probably sounds pretty good. But do you think the Clippers kind of had any kind of pull there? Yeah, I think too, one other thing that, consider as we talk about this he's also 30 now he's yeah. not you know 25 26 years old anymore so he's not not by any means am i saying like Kawhi's done like no we see guys play into their mid-30s now regularly and be very good but yeah he's got get the t- partially torn acl he's got the quad issue that's gonna that that's just gonna be a thing for the rest of his career so mm-hmm. i think what we're really looking at here with him is my guess is the the Clippers used what leverage they could, and they probably used the leverage of there's nobody else left. There, there's right. no one left for you to sign with. All the teams with cap space have used it. Anything else would have to be a sign and trade, and those teams are now probably very likely in messy cap situations to make that happen anywhere you'd be interested in going. So, yeah, I think this was probably a little bit of a leverage play on their side, but I think for the most part, this is Kawhi kind of saying, I want to be here. He's now locked into for all purposes, the same deal as Paul George, and they'll you know move things forward forward from here, probably together as much as they can with the two of them. And, and that does make sense. Again, you know, one of the the themes of this offseason has been the the risk. You know, a lot of people say, you know, bet on yourself, like oh, it's this this big, uh, I don't know, this bold move or something like that, right? And, and it can be, but we've also seen you look at at your newest guy, Dennis Schroeder, how that can go wrong, and in particular. If we're sure. talking about injury, I mean, even go back to, say, Victor Oladipo, 
who turned down some bigger contracts and now is playing once again on the veteran minimum. We've seen how quickly that money can evaporate. So if you're sitting in Kawhi Leonard's shoes right now, and probably not speaking a whole lot, but if you're sitting in Kawhi Leonard's (laughs) shoes, you are sitting there thinking, I'm rehabbing an injury at the moment. What if this does not go the way I want it to go? What if this becomes more of a chronic thing? What if I can't get 100% back? Isn't it better to lock up that money right now than potentially chance it? And I can see that having some appeal as well. Not that I think Kawhi's not going to get back to 100%. I think he's going to be just fine. But given his current situation, I would think that having that long-term security has got to be even more appealing. Yeah, I completely agree. And then I think from the Clipper side, you're looking at it as – this is now your Kevin Durant situation where he's going to be out for the year, but you know you have him locked up for at least three years after this, and then then you you get after it from there. And I think this is one of those situations where we came into this saying it was maybe a 1% chance he left L.A. Yeah. Uh, th- there were teams that it sounded like he was going to take meetings with, but those never materialized as far as we know. And, and now money... Uh, dried up very quickly roster spots have dried up very quickly we're going to talk about that a little bit more here in a minute so yeah i think this was just a hey this is what's best for everybody involved let's get this done let's move on now he can just focus on his rehab and getting back and the question now becomes when does he get back or will he play at some point this year the clippers did i think really good work uh, otherwise, they retained Nick Batum on a very uh, friendly contract. It uh, finally filed, and it's $3.2 million next year. They used their non-bird rights to give him as much as they could. And then $3.3 million player option for next season. So if Batum has another big year, he can opt out and go. They got Reggie Jackson for their early bird contract for a couple years. Uh, with him, they, they were able to uh, add Justice Winslow for most of the taxpayer mid-level exception. So I think the Clippers have done a pretty good job here rebuilding their depth. Uh, uh, BJ Boston has looked really good in summer league. Uh, We're starting, I think, kind of see why, yeah, this guy, there's a reason why people thought he might be a first-round pick and why the Clippers feel comfortable giving him a whole bunch of uh, guaranteed money uh, in the second round, late in the second round, too. A guy who was picked in the 50s. Their other rookie, Jason Preston, got a nice contract. So I think the Clippers have done a good job here rebounding from what could have been a rough off season. I think they've more or less taken care of business and they've got some trade assets now moving forward. You got Keon Johnson on a rookie scale mm-hmm. deal. You've got Luke Kennard that you could put into a con contract. Uh, Patrick Beverly's expiring at 14.3 million. So they're in a position now where I think they could do some things if they get in the season and realize, all right, we need some help before Kawhi gets back. If he does get back this season. Yeah, exactly. And I think that their positioning will be a factor there. You know, if the Clippers are on the outside looking into the playoffs, which I don't project, but if they were, then they're probably not going to rush him back much. You're not going to see him really push to come back. But if they're in a spot where they can really make a run, um, then you could see him come back potentially and uh, and really make an impact, give them a nice boost heading into the playoffs. You know, uh, the Clippers looked, I mean, surprisingly, and to their credit, dangerous, even without Kawhi Leonard in yeah. the playoffs. They were They were very, very good. And uh, and so I could see where they could still find themselves very much in the mix in the West and then get Kawhi back and uh, then they could be off and running. Uh, but let's let's move on to we got uh, something official from one of the free agents that's out there. A guy that's been connected to a lot of teams, pretty much any team that's that's looking for shooting, which is 
a lot of teams right in the offseason have been looking for shooting. And there's been a lot of talk about J.J. Redick. And of course, you know, you think of shooting. J.J. Redick is one of the first names that to pop up. And on his podcast the other day, J.J. made it official, announced that he will not be signing with the team this offseason. Instead, he's going to wait. He said he will not be in training camp with any team. Instead, he's going to wait a few months and then get into the season and then decide where he wants to go. What do you think about that strategy from the veteran guard? You know he's going to try to latch on somewhere to win a championship, but waiting things out until the middle of the season before he commits. Yeah, I think it's smart. I, I think if New York or Brooklyn was sitting there to give him a, a, a fully guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. right now he'd probably take it, but neither one of those teams is there. But with that, they, they don't have uh, the ability to even do that. I Maybe the Knicks could get there and have to figure out after, because they're still pending a couple of official signings with Fournier, Burks, and Rose. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're J.J. Redick, yeah, wait. Spend the time with your family. Stay yep. in shape. You, you know he'll be working out anyway. They have the uh, NBPA gym right there in, in in New York City, where he's you know he lives in that area now permanently. So I think you'll see him stay in really good shape. And and then what he'll be able to do then is let's say it's February March. He'll be able to say who needs shooting, who has minutes, because we know he was not happy at all about the no. trade to Dallas and not playing there much. He wasn't playing a lot with New Orleans before he got traded. So so he wants to, I think, play again, but he wants to be a part of it. Right. He doesn't just want to be on the roster and just kind of hanging out. So in, of course some team midseason will be looking for shooting. Yeah. And J.J. Reddick's going to be one of those guys who – once he's fully in shape and ready to go, he'll be able to roll out of bed and make jump shots. I mean, there's well, when you're a shooter, you're a shooter, right, right. for the rest of your life. So he's never going to lose that. So my guess is we hear from him February, March is. But I'll say this. I don't think it's going to be like an addition that swings a championship or anything like that. I just think it's he's at the age where. All right. I mean, I loved Kyle Korver at the end, too. But how much impact did he have in his last couple stops? He he didn't do a whole heck of a lot. So uh, now he's actually a coach with the Nets, which is kind of funny. Um, so, yeah. So Reddick will show back up with somebody. I, I just don't know that it swings the title or anything. Yeah, I agree. But from his perspective, it's been, you know, you don't have to go through a grueling training camp. You don't have to do, you know, he's a yeah. veteran. He's been through all this kind of stuff. You don't have to spend your legs on half of a season or regular season play. Instead, you can come in fresh just get ready for a playoff stretch because that's really what he's looking for now at this point in his career is just a chance to win a championship a chance to do something come playoff time and now he'll make sure that he is as ready as possible for that without having to go through the rigors of the regular season uh there's a few other free agents that are out there now particularly there's two guys that are in limbo because of restricted free agency where teams just haven't offered them anything or offered them anything that's uh, acceptable because they know their teams will match. And that's Lowry Markkinen and Josh Hart with the Chicago Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans, respectively. These guys are kind of stuck. So what are we going to see? Like, it feels like we're moving towards maybe accepting a qualifying offer, something like that. Uh, Maybe a sign and trade ultimately gets worked out, but it's uh, it's a surprise because look, if these guys were just unrestricted free agents, they would have been off the board a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the challenge with marketing is the Bulls are open to doing a sign and trade. Mm-hmm. They've they've made that known, but they want back a first round pick. So you're going to give up a first round pick plus put pay him seventeen million. 
plus hard cap your team if you do a sign and trade and for a handful of the contenders out there that's not something they're in a position to do like there was a rumor that the celtics were interested well the celtics are now hard capped if they do a move like that so the challenge would be how do you fit him in and keep the rest of the guys that you already have because you're going to have to send out more money than you take back in that situation and if he really wants 17 million that's a lot of money to send back you also run into the base year compensation issues which makes matching salary very difficult at this point because rosters are basically full uh very few teams are sitting on more than one or two uh standard roster spots right now and yes teams can take up to 20 guys in but you got to fit all that in under the cap mm-hmm. or the hard cap if you're in that situation. So for marketing, that's going to be the tough thing because I can't see anybody saying, yeah, let's give up a first round pick for this guy because I just don't think he's that big of a swing for any of these teams. So um, I've got an eye on it. You know, let's see what happens. But it's, I also don't think it's the worst thing in the world if he signs the qualifying offer. If you look at that Bulls team. They've done a lot this offseason, but their front court depth is still a little questionable. It's right. kind of Tony Bradley, Marco Samanovic, uh, the rookies coming over, and that's kind of it. So I think Markinen would be a nice player to to retain there uh, in a bench role. Josh Hart, yeah, I think he could help a ton of teams. I think his best bet, though, is just sign the qualifying offer, have a good season, be a restricted free or unrestricted free agent rather next yeah. summer. Then get back on the market and do your thing because because I'm not sure at this point it's like marketing, but less so who's going to expend a lot of money to make an offer. And I think the Pelicans are basically sitting there saying we don't have a whole lot of interest in doing a trade and those kind of things. So my guess is probably sometime within the next two weeks ish, we hear that and that's on the long end. We hear that these two guys have signed the qualifying offer and they're going to play the year out that way. Yeah, I'd imagine that's probably where this is going to head. But again, it's it's one of those things where when we start looking at like a new CBA eventually and things like that, this is one of the things I would tr- be trying to push back against if I am the NBA PA or the NBPA, I should say, um, just because of these situations where we're seeing it come up every year where certain guys just they just can't get offers because of the restricted tag and because that is such a an issue. So it's uh, it's another guy less less of a name maybe uh-huh. than those two guys, but Hamadou Diallo is in the sure. same boat yep. uh, with the Pistons because now it's essentially out there that. Any reasonable offer you make, they're just going to match because they're they're not going to let him go just to let let him go at this point. And that's the problem is teams, basically everybody but Oklahoma City, all they can offer is the the taxpayer to non-taxpayer mid-level exception. And that's not so much of a contract that I think the – the Pistons, the Pelicans, or the Bulls, they, they would all match those, I'm guessing, for any of those three guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the problem. That's why you see teams just not making offers for these guys who could definitely help some teams, but trying to make it work logistically and trying to get their uh, incumbent team to not match that offer, that is very much the challenge. Uh, there are still some unrestricted guys that are out there. Though, for, like, for example, Paul Millsap. I'm surprised that he's still out there on the market right now. Can still certainly help some teams. Uh, we can talk about Wesley Matthews. We can talk about Avery Bradley. There's a number of guys who will probably find their way onto rosters within the next few weeks. But it's getting really thin at, at this point in terms of free agency. There are a few guys that are out there. But uh, I don't know exactly where they're going to land right now most likely we're going to see veteran minimums for these types 
Yeah, very likely. I, if I was uh, Millsap, I'd be calling the Phoenix Suns and saying, hey, the rest of the Don Taxpayer MLE, yeah. what, what do you think? Can I get that? Because I think he'd actually play a ton there and fill a huge role for that Phoenix team. I think uh, he'd, he'd be a great fit for them. Uh, I love the JaVale McGee signing for $5 million for mm. them, uh, but that one hasn't come through yet. It, it will. I'm not assuming there's any reason other than it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, but yeah, mm. I would give Millsap because he gives you kind of that four or five dimension where McGee's a pure five and Millsap can also step out and they, they don't have a big who can space the floor right now other than Frank Kaminsky, and that's yeah exactly with Sarch out um, we don't expect him to play at all this season mm-hmm. after tearing his ACL in the fi- finals yeah. so it, it's going to be you know while uh, James Ennis still out there you mentioned yeah. Bradley Wesley Matthews we already talked about JJ Redick uh, Brad Wanamaker is probably the best point guard available out there uh, DeMarcus Cousins Harry Giles Bismack Biombo. Yeah, this is what it's down to. Other than those couple of restricted guys, it's down to guys who are going to be filling out uh, rotation spots, maybe. But you're going to get get them on the cheap now, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably not the worst idea. Some of these guys too, if you think about it, the veteran guys, so the Wesley Matthews, maybe uh, Bradley, yeah. even Millsap, uh, yeah, Cousins, yep. Maybe just wait it out and see, because I'm sure the like like JJ Redick. I don't think they're jumping at the, hey, let's go do a whole bunch of running and training camp and right. do that. Now, NBA training camps are not NFL training camps. They're they're not that long, For first of all. They're only about a week or so long for most teams. But it is, yeah, I'm sure those guys aren't looking to end their summers any earlier than they have to and report to a team. So, yeah, may, maybe wait it out a little bit, see where it's at, see, you know, does somebody suffer an injury in a preseason uh, contest or something like that and that fills out a role and then 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 you go and you've, you've got your position because the money's probably going to be the same no matter when you sign right right and that's the key so that's why we've got you know there's a lot of fade in particularly i hear from the lakers side right because we've got three roster spots on, on the lakers yeah. right now uh, a lot of people say well when are they going to make these signings what's going on <laughs> why have they well there's not really that urgency at, at this point right i mean yeah. that and yeah, you're not competing against anybody exactly right Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to kind of let everything settle from Summer League. Who knows? Maybe somebody gets cut after Summer League that you really liked and you want to go ch- take a chance on a young player. Somebody else pops free, right? You know most of these guys are probably going to be there. And for some of them, like you said, some of them might be looking at this the way J.J. Redick does. You know, if you're uh, if you're Wes Matthews, you might be thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm better off just waiting until part of the way mm-hmm. into the season and then taking an offer rather if the money's going to be re- realistically uh, the same. So that's why we're kind of seeing this. The, there's all this urgency right at the beginning of free agency, right? Both teams and players are eager to sign to get things done. Now that's dissipated. There's only a few guys left. There's not very many landing spots left too. And there's not this huge rush. For, if you're a team and you miss out on a Wes Matthews, oh, well, we're going to be okay. That's not something we're relying on anyway. So teams aren't Mm-hmm. super eager to go pull the trigger and these veteran players might not be eager to sign on just yet they're waiting to see how everything settles so that's why things are the way they are right now but again still some quality guys out there it just might be a bit before they actually put pen to paper 
Yeah, I think, too, as we kind of review this, let's use the Lakers as an example. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily expect this, but there's always the possibility one or two of these older guys that they signed just gets there and just doesn't have it. And it's like, go boy. Cause that does happen sometimes with older players. When it goes, it goes. So for them, they may be sitting on and saying, Hey, before we go and use up those last couple spots, let's see what need might develop. You know, do, do we really look at it and say, or, you know what, we could really use Paul Millsap now so we're going to make a hard sell on Millsap hey mm-hmm. sign up here you're going to get back up four or five minutes for us and go uh, I hadn't really thought a lot about that but that's another decent landing spot for him uh, you know what would be with the with the Lakers because that kind of gives you four options of uh, Davis Anthony Ariza Millsap can right. all be you a know, reason play play the four and then at the five you'd have Gasol, Howard, Davis, and Millsap, that's pretty good front court depth um, if you could get it there. So, yeah, and then the other thing is teams are, boy, you've got a handful of teams debating, or we're talking roster spots 13 through 15 on the standard roster maybe. Is it better to bring a couple young guys to camp, see if they can pop? We've got a whole bunch of teams still sitting on open two-way spots. Mm -hmm. What you may see is they bring in three, four guys, let them compete for a two-way spot and then they give it to them at the end and things like that so it's 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 i wouldn't panic if i was anybody sitting on an open roster spot right now because i'm not exactly sure who you're competing against at the moment but you also don't want to let it get to that point either if you can land a guy on the cheap go ahead and get him now and then 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 you move forward and and nothing says um like the lakers for example do they still do training camp in hawaii or they haven't been they haven't in the last few okay. years, but but it would so, be nice. And who knows, right? But yeah, <laughs> right. with this the world that it is now. Exactly. But no matter where they do it, their training camp, they're not gonna be pushing LeBron and Carmelo and Trevor Reza right. and stuff to, you know, they're, they're not gonna be out there do, uh, run, running suicides and sprints. And and at no. any point one of those guys is like, Hey coach, I, I you know, I, I kind of need a day. It's gonna be okay, take your day, because it's not no. they they know, you know, and those guys also you don't get to the point in the career with those guys, you know, 17, 18 years into your career without knowing what you need to do to be ready for, for the season. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, overly worried about that, but yeah, it's, it, it really, the guy two I guess two people I kind of have my eye on of that list are Paul Millsap and Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Cause I think they're probably the two who can most definitely step in and help a team. Uh, the, the rest of them, yeah, it might be a while before they have to, to wait it wait it out and then see. So it might be, uh, you know, JJ Redick's strategy could backfire on him because it could, you know, he may have a little competition out there uh, <laughs> waiting for him when he's ready to sign midseason. Might be some other guys wanting to take half the year off and then just pick their their yeah. landing spot from there. It sounds sounds pretty good, but uh, if there's too many guys out there, again, supply goes up. Uh, yeah. That's only going to lower the the demand, and uh, who knows what happens at that point. Well, then. Then we're talking about Dennis Schroeder all over again, but um, <laughs> but from there, Boston Celtics legend. Dennis that's Schroeder. right, Celtics legend now. <laughs> Den- Dennis Schroeder, skateboard legend. Dennis Schroeder, which I know people were so excited to see him doing all those tricks and everything when he was still a free agent and not yeah, signed. Let's anywhere. not do any more of those. Yeah, now that you're signed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got my uh, my dog making an appearance in the background here. He's making a cameo. Oh, nice. That's uh, Love that's it. that's Max. He he's he's figured out he can come up here in order to hide from our puppy. So this is this is yeah. his spot to kind of get away. But 
Yeah. Our puppy officially joins the family a week from today. Oh so, boy. Uh, yep. So we'll be we'll, we'll be in the same boat with our older guy. We'll be <laughs> we'll be hiding out too. Uh, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. <laughs> Get ready to yep. you know not sleep all over again. <laughs> yes. Psyched. Can't wait for that. <laughs> all right, everybody. Give us your thoughts in the comments down below about the Kawhi Leonard contract, about J.J. Reddick's decision, about the other free agents that are still out there on the market. We will still get start getting into team previews pretty soon as we prepare for the coming NBA season. I can't believe it. It's going to be right around the corner. We'll be playing actual basketball games. Of course, we, do, we will still talk a little summer league as well in the coming days. Lots of breakdowns still, so make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell, and don't forget to like this video as well. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.